0: You're listening
1: to
2: Beloit Podcast. On this episode, we have the Beloit City Council's Budget Workshop, which took place this past Monday, October 9th, at the Beloit Public Library. The purpose of this workshop was to discuss Beloit's proposed 2018 Operating Library and Capital Improvements Budget, and in the next two hours, you'll get a chance to hear the first portion of what was actually a five-hour discussion on our city's upcoming budget. This meeting was open to the public, and we're going to hear from counselors who were present at the workshop, counselors Duncan, Preschel, Blakely, and the newly appointed Beth Jacobson. This episode is specifically for the residents, the constituents of Beloit. Now, I'm sure some listeners will see the title of this episode or listen to this episode and think about passing. Others might find the Beloit City budget very interesting for a feature for an episode. But one thing is for sure, and I welcome listeners to comment on this episode. One thing that I think most of us care about is money and How it's being utilized or how it can be utilized. We care about our personal bank accounts, and if we're taxpayers, we also care about the return we get for our investments. This episode offers an opportunity to hear how our local governance discusses and communicates solutions regarding what will in 2018 be close to a $31 million budget. The public attendance for this very important discussion, I believe I might have been the only resident or constituent from the community, and I get it. Five-hour budget discussion, probably, probably a better place to uh, catch some Z's more than anything. But on the Boy Podcast, we do try to dig into those conversations. You know, that's what we do here: conversations of any type, especially those that are uncommon, maybe difficult, maybe boring. Maybe I should do my best to hint at why this is maybe not so boring, and uh, maybe why it's more interesting than it might seem on the surface. Our city budget, like other city budgets, projects the amount of funds that will be exchanged in the name of the city residents. If you live in the city of Beloit, that is really you in this case. Without a proper budget in place, what would our community look like? Let's imagine, what would Beloit look like without various portions of our budget? What if we did not receive federal funding. Maybe if we didn't receive some of the Wisconsin state funding, how much funding should go to policing? How much funding should go to the fire department? And also to keeping various portions of our local government offices functional. How much funding should be budgeted for all of these different things? And local taxes. How much of our local budget consists of revenues and expenditures pertaining to just local taxes alone? How does our local government even obtain things such as revenue? Also, are we funding everything in a way that the majority of Beloit constituents can actually agree? I'm curious at all of these questions, and... I really hope some of you are, and I really hope some of you enjoy this episode. Remember, as a constituent, you can always be heard. Maybe you hear something in this, and uh, you'd like to speak as a constituent here in Beloit. You can contact your city council anytime. All the members are listed at beloitwi.gov. Emails, phone numbers, these are the ways to be heard. This is the way to have your voice heard. So,
0: welcome um, everyone. So, this is the agenda that we're at. Today, Um, We don't have time associated with any of the things, just because we don't exactly know how the questions are going to turn out, and we have limited to timeframe, so we are just going to run through uh, in this order, uh, starting with the general fund, we'll get CIP, uh, debt service funds, enterprise funds, some special revenue funds, um, and the internal service funds. So obviously, this is designed for you to get your questions out. Questions answered. So, if you have them as we are presenting, feel free to go ahead and ask. So, when we met uh, back in June at our free budget workshop, this was uh, some of the these were some of the objectives that we had set for ourselves when we were trying to prepare the budget. And so the first one being complete the budget to meet the objectives of the strategic plan. We always had to keep the plan in place as we're proceeding forward and then trying to present the budget. So we like we've done that. Uh, qualify for expenditure restraint. We've talked about this on a couple of different occasions where this is uh, important to the amount of general fund revenue that we get. We did qualify for the ERP in 2018. As always, we review fees. Um, and the design of those fees is to recapture some of the costs it takes to um, provide those So we have done that. Capture the allowable increase in the property tax levy. I mentioned this before, too, that I will always uh, capture the amount to the maximum amount through the of construction. Maximize the use of fee cards. This has kind of taken a hit over the last couple of years. Um, you'll see that in a later slide. There are some vendors out there that are getting wise to the fact that we get a rebate when we pay with P-Card. So they are not allowing us to use P-Cards uh, for some of our bigger vendors now. Um, but we are maximizing what we can. Prepare and propose a balanced budget uh, while not using the um, I believe this is the third year now that we have been able to do this. Um, and then maintain current peo rating have the of the so part of that is being able to prepare a balanced
3: budget. With that.
0: Mm-hmm. in the
3: dollars a year plus whatever we did that we so it's a, a huge impact um, when we're, when we're it, and what it, i guess just to back up because i saw some question mark faces um, what it means is that on an annual basis we're not allowed to increase our expenditures um, by more than a set percentage and so um, like the levy limit is restricted restraint is also restricted, so they're
0: hitting us on both ends. They're hitting us on the revenue side, and they're hitting us on the expenditure side. Right. And one of the one of the factors that ERP uses is the same factor that we use for the levy limit, which is the net new construction. Room. So it uses a portion of net new construction, and then it also takes in uh, a portion of CPI. So it uses the annual inflation rate that's published as a basis for you to be able to increase your operating expenditure. But um, I think for 2018, in order for us to qualify, it it had to be around two two to two and a quarter percent, I believe it was, which is significantly different from the year before. I mean, this kind of shows you the fluctuation from year to year. Last year, we had to keep a a general fund budget increase of um, 1%. So if you think about what that means on our general fund, general fund is thirty million dollars. One percent is three hundred thousand. So if we were to increase our general fund expenditure by beyond three hundred thousand dollars, we would have lost over six hundred thousand. So it's it's pretty important to keep that. And when
3: you think about one percent salary increases and cost of benefits going up, it doesn't take much to eat up three hundred thousand dollars. values um, and trying to, again, tie everything that we do back to these core values and to our strategic goals. Um, Safety is number one. Uh, Ethical behavior, obviously that is an area that we are continuing to strive to improve upon as an organization. Um, Leadership at all levels of the organization and continued improvement. Uh, Outstanding public service for both internal and external customers, uh, inclusion of diverse people and ideas, and teamwork to create to solve problems. So rather than approaching issues as divisions or silos, um, we're working across departments, across divisions, and across organizations to try and create
0: Let's get us. So. Yes. Directors did on the front end. They didn't come in with uh, ideas on how we can run these new programs. They really took a realistic approach to the budget, which is why we didn't have a whole lot of signatures there to do. So that was a good thing. Yes. Rudimentary
3: question Where does that figure show on this initial page, or are you just telling us that? Okay, so Um, the 2018 um, baseline. um, shows you the
0: aren't mm-hmm. allowing inflationary revenues. So there's nothing there than that you have in other sorts to So it's it's significantly on the balance from the state perspective. Um, and just to hear, it's only an right. mm. no? okay. so this is our levy. Values are still preliminary, so there is potential for some change to occur when the final is set. What um, we have to wait
4: on is the manufacturing figures from the state. That's why
0: they're preliminary still. You check them down in November? Yeah, yeah, end of uh, October. October, October so. so a lot of times we'll see the proposed tax levy um, rate.
1: Yes, I mean
0: it should be it should be a pretty darn close. Yeah. I mean they give us what's called a point of value or some uh, preliminary value that yeah. we have a pretty good number on, but um until we get the actual I don't want to make any promises. So, so this is just a graph of the last five years of tax rates. Again, we saw this um, Wow. same thing working
2: you yeah.
3: interior
0: So it was not in the 2017 budget. It is in the 18 budget. Um, even though it's already approved in 17, we still put it on the slide so that you can see the change in the uh, There were some billing and sign permit fees that um, increased, which on average was about 15%. Um, 15% sounds like a lot, but when we look at the total impact. Of Um, Insignificant, even though the increase is good, but, um, um, Some minor fee changes to the dog licenses and dog park fees, um, just trying to be um, more consistent. Uh, there, there are some out of the you residential know, and residential the dog park that just didn't seem to a lot of sense. We were just modifying some of those And then, um, as always, we Arc, and then there's a root rental way
3: That's it. Thank mm-hmm. you.
0: same level that we did in 17 so yes. it helped offset some of those separate fees yes. so my
3: question, we have question would we we won't have an assistant to the same matter. well um not, the not assistant city manager position is still on the books and it is <laughs> my best case scenario i will eventually be able to fill that position um but given our financial constraints uh, i Natural. We have we have an FTE hanging out
1: there, but we don't have the money. No. So
0: I think that's what your question was. Yeah, the shift actually went from the assistant city manager to the assistant two city manager. That that's when the assistant city manager was zero, the assistant two went to one. And so that's when and then when we had an assistant.
3: Yeah <laughs> But it's not, I don't want you to think that it's a one-for-one. One, yeah. That no, no, the no, money no. is other contractual. Right. So I would. I would also remind you. So I was hired in two thousand, June of two thousand fifteen. Um, <laughs> the position was vacant at the time. <laughs> <laughs> <So> <laughs> the position <laughs> was at the <million laughs> <of> time. <laughs> I forgot, but I chose not to fill the position because the fifteen budget had anticipated the use of fund balance for operations. I was not comfortable with using fund balance for operations. So I knew we had six months to save $350,000 from budgeted expense. That was a way in which I was able to contribute personally to that effort and set the example for the rest of the organization that we needed to reduce our expenses. Then going into the 16 budget, in order to make it balanced, again, without using our savings account, which um, at this point, we are barely at fund balance policy. In the past, we may have had additional funds, but we don't anymore. And the reason why you have the, the amount that we're required to, quite frankly, for cash flow purposes. I work for organizations that have had to issue notes for payroll because the amount of revenue coming in is at timed when you need it we do not want to be in that situation. And not only impacts your bond rating, which is important, but it impacts your ability to run your operation. So we just wanted to do a little history here over the past several years. So yes, we're able to offset some of this salary through the contractual services, but not all of us. we're talking-
0: And so uh, just, they were always lumped in with just the normal phone line item, and I think we wanted to isolate out what the cell phone cost is versus just what normal phone costs were. So you'll see a lot of offsetting and reductions in the normal phone line, yeah. and then it just shows a way to keep the, the cell phone separate. So it's just a kind of thing. Well, thing. And-
3: Our phone Mm -hmm. system is so antiquated Mm -hmm. and uh, it was wired so poorly Mm -hmm. that um, despite our best efforts to attack that problem, um, we have finally come to terms after virtually two years of trying to pursue it that we have to have a new system in order to remedy that situation. So sadly, we have to instruct our staff at City Hall that if an emergency occurs, use your cell phone. Because otherwise, you know, if I call from my office, it may show up City Hall, but it may be third floor or I don't know where.
0: Expense to um, from the other funds and just kind of shows you the reason why we need to increase the overall legal fees line if you just kind of look at where we've been in the last few years. (laughs) So that is what the increase is.
3: Based on our 2017 actual, um, but because we had to the budget balance, we didn't fully really cover it. And so um, we, part of it is, is trying to predict the unknown, um, and that's always a balance. If indeed we need those outside legal fees mm-hmm. next year, then mm-hmm. so we'll have to look at contingencies or look at um, reductions in other areas to make up for that. But the bulk before we choose to use an outside attorney because sometimes those are things that we can answer ourselves. Um, I say that loosely when I play attorney. Uh, but Beth and Patrick can answer themselves versus um, when she thinks it's in the best the city to use those outside attorney.
0: budget on that worksheet you can see that some of the budget used to come from HR now the HR budget has to go. more needs. said that they would help fund that uh, position. So we were able to increase the 2018 budget by another half FTE to the existing half FTE of 2017 to make a one-fold FTE. So that's the half FTE variance that you see from 17 to 18. But it is addressed, it is addressing needs
5: Um, There was
0: a discussion during budget review last year that we thought that it might be possible for that to happen. We would try it, and if it didn't, then it didn't, and we would come back to the drawing board, and here we are. So um, we'll hope to be able, uh, both of those are currently
1: vacant right now, so um, they're currently being recruited, but
0: we're now down to three FTE in the whole IT department for a city outside. Not acceptable. Yeah, and so even, they're they're working on to
3: be because Right. right. <laughs> desire to get boots on the ground, but if we don't have the right infrastructure in place to support them, then we've got bigger problems, and so if we don't have enough people in IT to make sure that our email and cell phones and radio systems and mobile data terminals and all of the connectivity that is required, especially given the fact that so much of our equipment on the on the backbone side of the house is severely antiquated. Um, That's a huge challenge for us. And so reinvesting in technology and getting us back up to speed is gonna be an ongoing priority so that we can provide um, those services to support our operations.
0: you can see here that we're increasing it by 9,200 dollars. The total IT department is increasing by 9,200 dollars. You can't fund half
1: of the IT. but Part of that variance there is the fact that we were
0: able to um, provide funding from the utility. So that's a good point. Thank you. Okay, we just spoke to resources a little bit. Lori just mentioned that. Really critical to the needs and time structure that they have
3: to them in HR, so. For example, we were able to use that um, seasonal as an intern to um, redo the format of all of our job descriptions. And so that's still a work in progress, but we at least have the templates created so that they can be reviewed and then um, put into effect. So it's been a huge help. The dollar increase is again a shift <coughs> to other departments for recruitment. So rather than having those decentralized, this is again part of our effort to centralize the HR IT legal functions and get those dollars within those departments um, so that we can better prioritize and uh, get cost savings through both purposes, et cetera. So those again aren't uh, new dollars per se, but a reallocation.
0: about uh-huh. So, Andrew was able to uh, essentially charge out some of his time and wages to that TID. I think that's $10,000. So, that's what the revenue is. Um, The expenditure side is pretty flat. The $13,000 is actually just a reallocation of some uh, existing staff. Um, So, there was no additional staff. There was no additional expense. It's just a reallocation percentages from uh, economic development. Um, I believe part of that came, uh, most of that I believe came from uh, there's some application uh, actually in the HR department. So really nothing changes here from uh, economic development. Uh, finance and admin, uh, we had our change in the work chart last year when we combined the city clerk treasurer's office. Uh, there was no change from the 2017 to 2018 chart. So, clerk treasurer, uh, we did combine it, we combined the history too, just so we can have uh, a realistic look at what happened from year to year. Um, the these revenues from uh, the city clerk treasurer. This 2018 will be a hot uh, for our operators' license are good, uh, good for two years. Um, of the odd years, is when you t- Allocation of staff time to other uh, funds. And then the increase in the FTD is uh, in the capital line that is uh, due to uh, poll workers. So that is our poll worker that is accounted for. Uh, we do have more elections next year in 2015 and 2017. There.
1: assessor
0: 10,000 hours.
5: a little bit different.
0: They do most of the payroll side and some, few uh, of the retirement type benefits, and then in the other benefit coordinator position in HR, that's going to be your health insurance, your voluntary um, uh, benefits, that's what sort of thing. So just different kind of benefits. I those places of our size would have, especially when you're self-
5: stream their content now from um, the internet. And they don't have to pay for Podcasts or whoever else. Well, we around. only get uh, franchise revenue from the TV side of the business. from the
0: side or Well, not really. There's a, there's a U-verse a called. We still get stuff. Yes, we get some from, the we get U-verse. Some from U-verse. We but don't name
5: them. phone service or their internet service. That's
0: um, not franchise. I don't we really. we do? I don't oh, think I mean, we we'll get any
5: Ask, but that, yeah, yeah, that's not. Uh, <laughs> so,
0: yep. So that's precisely what it is. Cool. Which is
5: unfortunate, us? Yes. yes, bad for us. We still get reimbursed for operating the cable access uh, equipment in the channel in those facilities. So we still get some revenue to offset those expense. Reference?
0: Yeah, that's or where it comes from. channel? That's where it comes from. Yeah, the the expense lines yeah. in this are to provide the local access. If this it college, you know,
1: that's part not of the equation. Do or else you know. we
4: have to do it. And that agreement, by the way, is actually expired
0: this year, so we'll be renegotiating that contract. We've already had some. I yeah, guess so we'll find out. Uh, there was one done in twenty twelve. Okay, the five three. Twelve through seventeen. Yeah, and it wasn't us, it
1: wasn't the college
0: that chose not to replace it. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's got nothing to do with that. That was fine. so the finance budget, um, the revenues. revenue um, from that standpoint. I think. Um, last year we had a reorg of the police department. Um, we did go through that in great detail last year. Um, there has been um, no significant change. There is a slight FTE uh, variance. Um, I'll show up on one of the slides, but it is not from a uh, sworn personnel standpoint. Admin, Um, the decline in the revenues there is the reduction in the amount of false alarms that we are seeing. Um, So, good and bad. Uh, the change in the end budget here from the FTE standpoint is the reduction in the transcriptionist payroll staffing person at half uh, time that was a part time person uh, that's just a shift to uh, the records the part uh, records The um, No change in the FTE of in the patrol uh, department or patrol division. Um, there was no change in the amount of revenue. You can see there's just nothing that comes in related to the police department. Um, so the reduction in that were related to the reduction was the contracted services security line item, which is basically fee, we have to, so we, somebody gets a ticket. Don't they don't pay the, I have not either, but this is what they tell them. They pay the ticket, I'll wrong about uh, jumping, but yeah, the, they pay the or don't pay the ticket.
3: Yeah, the court goes through, the court took a lot of proactive steps in the last couple of years to reduce the amount of warrants that are issued. And so um, if you don't pay with your payment plan, or if you just don't pay the ticket, you don't come to your court in response to that, the court can issue what they call an arrest warrant commitment, and then are picked up, um, then you, and you serve any time at the jail, then you, the city gets charged for that. So we've also been working with the sheriff's department too to put people on the workender programs so that they don't, we don't get charged that fee then. So there's been a significant reduction in, in those costs. So um, the city gets billed for any time that someone spends overnight in the jail on one of our arrest warrant commitments. That's what that fee is. So it's kind of a double head. You don't get the revenue, you don't get their money, and
1: we, and, the we have money. Have we and we have to pay. So...
3: Bye That has nothing to do with control. Um we did apply for cop screen, but we weren't successful. Yep. Okay. So it's <laughs> stuff of hops you can see them the increase of age
0: But it's kind of uh, hard to, to look at you know the individual divisions and you know kind of the total staffing plan, which is in budget book, by the way. Um, you, can, you can see those staffing changes throughout the year. To assume the um, animal control piece, uh, that position is a part-time vehicle maintenance person, but they're also a part-time CSO that does some of the animal control work and um, the CSO duties. So we still call it a part-time vehicle maintenance person, even though they're one.
5: Well, because their hours for, for that. It's a, it's a full
0: FTE, but their services were originally designed to be a part-time for the people in so. the so. Do you have faculty benefits in that area? Oh yeah, over <laughs>
3: legitimate case can be made for almost every area of the city. The reality is when we only increase our budget by 0.65 percent or by 8% and 70% of our budget is personnel and we do have wage increases and benefits cost more, we are having to have fewer people to afford to do what we do. It is far from ideal. given the financial constraints, I don't see what other options we have. So, um, yeah, we do have, but I, I think it's perhaps an appropriate time to just distribute this a pie chart. I say 70% because in other places that I've in, I would limited the 70%. But um, here, our wages and benefits in the general funds are 81% of our total budget. So we can... On contractual services and commodities and other areas but the reality is almost 25 million of the 31 million dollar budget is is personnel and benefits and um and we've got great staff committed staff and i know we need more staff mm-hmm. but there's just uh, we're very very limited in what we can do to comply with expenditure restraint and to comply with bloody limits So this breaks down for you, kind of where our money goes. And as an example, you know we could eliminate contractual services, which is not really feasible. But even if we did, that doesn't solve the problem. Think the reality is we have cut our commodities and contractual as much as we can. And the other interesting factor is and we did bring a slide on it this, this year. There's something called the municipal, municipal um, cost index. Rather than your regular um, uh, cost of living index, index, the municipal cost index is higher than your average CIP, or CPI because. Amount of fuel, we use a disproportionate amount of contractual or construction um, materials that increase at higher rates on average than your general CPI. So it's cities are just consistently getting disproportionately hit harder than um, the rest of, of the community, um, business community, for example. And, and I'm not slighting the Constraints that they have, but our ability to maneuver is even more constrained because of all of those factors. And big heavens fuel prices, you know, not cut wood, have been good, but that is something completely outside of our control. And if they go up, that is a whole other um, increase expense that we have to figure out a way to adjust. And that's why we've had this hiring freeze in place because the the, or the general fund budget of $30 million is to tackle the $25 million. And, and I wish that that wasn't so. I can justify additional staff in just about every area of service that we have mm-hmm. um, with all kinds of data and statistics to support it, but that doesn't mean we have a revenue stream to pay for it. Mm-hmm. I'm so, done with so far. So then so the question that I have
4: Yeah So we know what we're doing because we're moving money around, moving people around to meet the needs. Right. But the public side, it's like, well, you've seen on one hand you don't have money. On the other hand, you're saying you're going to be adding a couple more positions, but well, where's that money coming from? We're seeing you doing extra projects in the city, but well, where's that money coming from? I don't think, I'm wondering if the public or even some of our employees understand that if you're doing projects, that's coming out of the so, there might be some confusion out there. The reason why, if we're saying we only have enough money to give everybody one percent, but yeah, we go out of hiring, so where did you get that from? So, I don't know if there's an educational piece that we need to do because I hear it from employees all the time where they get the money to do that from. Well,
3: right, so the IT position, for example, is being funded out of utilities, has no general fund impact, does nothing to um, our total general fund. Um, The director of strategic communications is coming partially out of my contractual services fund and um, partially that is a reallocation. Um, I think since the beginning of time, the city manager's office has always had um, two FTE plus the executive assistant, or three, pardon me, and I've managed to um, work with two. If we didn't fund that position, uh, I think the total impact with benefits, given where the total budget is, is maybe fifty thousand dollars. Okay, so um, and that is an area that, again, I consistently hear heard from the council that we're not doing a good enough job. That I don't have enough hours to allocate to doing that well. That the police and fire departments need to have someone um, on the ground during events, to be handling media, and we are currently taking sergeants and firefighters to fulfill that responsibility. So in order to free up their time to do what they need to do, um, this is one way that we can do it. Uh, But in reality, as far as total FTE, that is the only new, quote-unquote, position in the general fund um, for the 2018 budget. In regards to people understanding, I think you're right. Now, I've done one-on-one meetings with all staff. I've been talking about health insurance premiums since I arrived. I've been talking about hiring degrees since I arrived. Um, Sadly, I heard some feedback that said uh, that I was anti-employee because I was holding positions vacant. The reason we hold positions vacant is so we don't have to lay off employees later. It is to preserve the jobs that we have. It's to use attrition uh, in a smart way to protect other people's jobs. (coughs) But I agree. I don't think all employees understand the true severity of the financial situation we face. Um, And and that's frustrating. Um, I think it's human nature. People get into uh, their narrow view of what they do and don't necessarily understand the impact of of other staff. Uh, But we were at a critical point with our legal issues with hr it with communications which i do view as a a really critical service um, that we need to be providing on a consistent basis and we we can't do it with the staff we have um i will continue to meet with staff last year after um, the strategic plan was adopted and with the budget i'll roll out and talk with staff, hit all the shifts do do that whole bit but but um the bigger picture, um, I can't guarantee that there is a a solid understanding. The the other piece is that um, we've got a lot of employees who've been here a long time, and that's fantastic. They have a lot of institutional knowledge. The flip side to that is there's maybe not so much of an understanding about how other municipalities fund their benefits, uh, maybe not so much of an understanding of how compared to the sector. We have a very, very rich benefit environment that is also not sustainable without adjustment over time. And so helping people have a perspective that is greater than what the city of Beloit has always done is is a constant.
4: not the ones that we talked about today. But if I go to BBW or, or HR and say, we need to put a position, a person in that place there, I will have, I, I pretty much guarantee I'll have the other departments come to me saying, why not us? So it puts us in a situation of, okay, we really got to weigh this out and make a good, sound decision. But in, in situations like this, it's kind of, we if if we do damage, we don't know what we need and if we do it we're still going to get jumped on because of well, why then not us because every department here can say they'll tell you I need somebody and if we need somebody and we get that but when we look at the whole organization um, you know that's why this is the most critical and crucial time that we sit down and we talk about this stuff because looking at the, the whole operation everybody can use somebody but it's not, and I, I guess I don't want it to hear, not saying that it does, that we're putting people in positions for departments that we feel that we, we like best or something like that, because that's not the case. Everybody, there's a need out there. We just got to find the best need for the money that we have. Right, right. and I
3: think part of the issue is looking at the history of reductions, and I think that we can demonstrate through each department the reductions in staff um, across the board decision. It doesn't benefit the general fund. The health fund is in the red. We know we need to resolve it over time. That is a critical issue for us. It is nearly $2 million in the hole right now. 1.8, 1.6 to 1.8. Not good, not sustainable, serious problem for us. But we didn't get ourselves into it overnight. We're not gonna get ourselves out of it overnight. And sadly, it doesn't help our general fund, which is where our staff is paid for primarily. I mean, it's funded elsewhere, but that's where the bulk of our staff is funded. Yeah. Um, the other thing.
0: not just solely
3: and okay. like it has at City Hall, and for it to start flooding inside like it has in our evidence and records rooms before we responded, that's not a good position to be in. So we have to do a better job of focusing on that um, aspect of what we do to make sure that our facilities are in reasonably good condition and that we budget and plan for. But you're right, it's a constant priority act. Um, I do believe when we look at the, the communications position and um, getting someone with the ability to serve as a TIL um, at active fire events or at um, serious police incidents, managing the media on those scenes, and removing the need for a police officer or a firefighter to. Sergeant or a lieutenant or whatever the case may be from having to fulfill that role. There is an indirect impact um, and benefit to those departments. And you know, I understand that we would really love to hire additional police officers and additional firefighters. Um, but you're looking at hundred thousand dollars on average per position with full benefits. and it only increased to $1,000. That's what we really have to keep in mind as a, as a body. Absolutely. And we're
4: making the best decisions with the information that we have.
3: And aggressively working at the state level to maintain the revenue streams we have and to try and encourage, um, certainly at least not taking away shared revenue. Uh, you know, I understand that it we'll won't go into effect until 2019, but the shift from personal property taxes, that is on near a million dollars of our revenue, it's $900,000 to keeping us whole for a whole year. And what does keeping us whole mean? I think that's probably a flat dollar amount on what used to be an increasing growing revenue stream. You know, those kinds of constraints are going to make it increasingly more difficult for us to do what we want to do. That's exactly what that means. It's going to be flat, and then for a year, they it won't take it away. What remains flat and remains in the state's with the two issues that we have with that new personal property tax issue and then we lose control for that. And so we've seen what has
0: happened is when the state has taken um, shared revenue. Let me okay. should be noted Inspection and prevention. Um, the uh, increase there is due to uh, the annual fire dues. Revenue. and rescue. extrication fees, she was asking just what they are. Is it just when we don't have to remove someone from a vehicle or what have Chief, that's about it? Right? There, there's a combination of fees uh, the under that particular line of uh, extrication from vehicles, as material spills, and non residential. side The state mandates the amount that we... (laughs)
3: Thank <laughs> I understand there's you know, a difference between sworn and unsworn, but at the end of the day, when you look at total up to count that's, that's where you're at. So after those three positions are gone to the with the expiration of Brandt, uh, the grants, police departments at 4.25 down,
0: Um, we did have a change last year uh, in the community development. So the revenue increase uh, at the top is based on the fees that I mentioned in one of the opening slides in terms of the building permits and some of the other permit fees. That For increasing, that is primarily the difference that those um, building. Um, So, as you can see, the FTE stayed the same between 17 and 18, and there was <laughs> this budget is pretty static. It doesn't move a whole lot. So, this is the housing side that was planning. Um, this housing. You can see the FDE change. Uh, state saying there is no change uh, from 17 to 18. And um, this is the line item in the revenues where you're going to see the difference in the um, two types of fees that are. marshmallow. Uh, Even though there was no change in FTE, this was simply a reallocation uh, of the wages of the inspection. thousand.
1: Oh, I'm get that.